Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Odds Maker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! And now, let's get it on! Against the spread, Winning Picks with Mark Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're all set to go against the spread on this week's of college and pro football card. It's a hectic weekend with the Breeders' Cup also running this weekend. And with that, we apologize. We're a day delayed in our podcast here, but we will be back in the normal groove next week, starting on Wednesdays, but we're doing the show on Thursday this week, just in time for the football games this weekend. And with that, I'm going to hand it over to our co-host, Victor King from King Creole Sports. I should say from the Red Hot Playbook Totals tip sheet, Victor King. Victor, how are you doing now that the totals are kicking in gear and on fire? Good. You mentioned it, uh, Mark. Uh, we're in a nice little groove going right now. Let's not uh, forget that the Playbook newsletter went 6-1 and one in Best Bets last week. Well done there, that's for sure. Uh, you mentioned the tip sheet, a 3-1 and one week for the totals tip sheet, 8-1 and one over the last two weeks. Uh, nicely done for our King Creole service. We did have our first ever 4-0 and o sweep of the season as far as over-unders go. And uh, we kind of topped that off with our five-star game of the month, which was the Colts and Titans over 51 points. They combined for 65, a very nice uh, over, and a way to finish off a very nice weekend. Real nice weekend, and kudos on that. Uh, I'm sure the people that do subscribe and follow the Totals Tip Sheet are in heaven right now, and that's good news. Uh, with that, Victor, it's the college football playoff rankings that debuted this week for the first time this season. And with that, there's a lot of interest to find out the positioning of what's going on for those very few four final spots. And we're hoping that changes here in the near future where they can expand the football playoffs. Not yet this year, but I think we're going to see it in the next year or two. But nonetheless, uh, they, they did make their debut this week. And uh, I will say this, that I've been charting and I've got a chart that I continue to keep at hand and chart each and every week where people rank in the polls. And if you go back and you look at the very first college football poll rankings and you look at the top four teams that would be in the playoffs if the playoffs were to begin this week, you can go back and you can look. You can see an average of two of those do not make the playoffs, half of them. So which two are most likely not to make the college football playoff this year if that trend continues? We don't think Georgia will fall prey to that. We doubt Alabama will fall prey to that. So that leaves Michigan State and Oregon, who would get my votes. And uh, personally, I was a little bit surprised to see Oregon crack the top four. And my other surprise, I think, amongst all of the rankings, the top 25 teams, I was a little bit mildly surprised to see Mississippi State ranked number 17 in the polls this year. Uh, not that they're a bad football team and they're undeserving. It's just that they're a 5-3 and three football team that have not been Mississippi State-like, or I should say Mike Leach-like in their football efforts thus far this football season. So if they end up disappearing somewhere between now and the end of the final poll, I will not be surprised. And on that note, Victor, I'm going to ask you your take on what you thought of the first week's college football playoff poll rankings this past week. Well, on the surface, and uh, it's dying down a little bit, but the last couple of days, you know, there's been a lot of heat based on these first rankings. Cincinnati feels insulted. Uh, Oregon feels alive. Oklahoma still has a path based on uh, some of the difficult games they have coming up still, and they can win out. You mentioned the 5-3 and three Mississippi State team, another team that does not deserve to be in the playoff rankings at all is that 5-3 and three Wisconsin team also. Uh, neither team, of which is ranked in the top 25 as far as the AP poll goes as well. Uh, again, if you are a team like Oklahoma, you've got a couple of big games to approve on that 9-0 record and possibly slip into the top four themselves. But the other team I would throw out, again, would be uh, Wisconsin. A 5-3 and three team should not be ranked uh, number 21. Let me say this one final note before we switch it over to the NFL side of things. 
uh, or I should say two notes, with regard to the college football poll. There's a team in there that I really, really like this football season. It's because they give you maximum effort with every football game they play. They're a bit under the radar, and they're the type of team that if you were to ride out from now until their bowl game, I feel you would cash more tickets than you and lose, and that would be the Fresno State Bulldogs. They're competitive in every football game they play. It shows in the stats uh, in our midweek alert football newsletter, uh, which came out once again this week. Uh, we did a feature called uh, from the midweek called Putting on the Stats in our weekly newsletter this week. And basically what that is, is throughout the month of November, we'll tear down the college football teams that have won all or all but one of their games in the yards and will play on those teams as their dogs in the month of November. Now, Fresno State is not one of those teams, I'll say that at the top, but they've outyarded seven of their nine opponents thus far this football season. It's one of the teams that are in the rankings that uh, I would love to see keep moving forward and making it into a, a, a notable bowl game. In that same regard, out of the putting on the stats list of teams that we have listed in the playbook football newsletter this week, this is a bar bet that I guarantee you'll win this weekend and in fact, if you win this bet at the various watering holes that you visit, you better take along a designated driver because you're going to need it. You're going to have a lot of drinks stacked up in front of you. And when you ask anybody that to name the only two teams in college football this year that have outyarded every opponent they played thus far this season, one of them I'm going to give you here is fairly obvious. That's Ohio State. Even though they lost the game to Oregon, they did outyard the Ducks. So they're perfect in the stats. But the other team, unless you read the playbook newsletter or the midweek alert, nobody is going to know that the Florida Gators have outyarded all eight of their opponents, despite the fact that they're only four and four on the season this year. Now, I don't know if that's a discredit or a poor job done by Dan Mullen. You have to be good enough and prepared enough to be able to at least go out and outyard and push your opponent around, which Florida has done. Maybe it's the coaching, maybe it's the game planning, I don't know, but uh, the Florida Gators happen to be that second and only team that have been undefeated in the stats in college football thus far this football season. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show, and let's shift it over to the National Football League side of things. And Victor, before we do that, let's throw this in there just a little bit if we may. The NBA basketball season tipped off this week, and you approached me before the show began that you wanted to make a comment about what pattern you see going on in the NBA right now that maybe perhaps a lot of people aren't aware of, or if they are, what the reason is. If you would, Pat, run that by our listeners, if you would. Yeah, and in fact, I, I kind of wanted to mention a little bit of NBA news in each of the last two podcasts, but of course we get carried away and get into the football news. But uh, we're two weeks into the season now. It's a very small sample size, but offense is way down in the NBA. If you are an early season underbetter, you are really licking your chops right now. Uh, a lot of people have their theories for what the reasons are, but to quickly summarize, offensive rating is around five and a half points lower than last season, and currently in the NBA, the 106.8 points per 100 possession average would be the lowest mark in the last six seasons. Uh, Three-point shooting is down. We're down to 34.2% on threes, and that's down a full two and a half percentage points from last year's all-times record, and in fact would be the lowest since that uh, lockout season way, way back in 1998. 13.3% uh, turnover rate. That's up nearly a full point from a year ago and would be the highest turnover rate over the last seven seasons as well. Uh, the theories uh, about why this is happening, There's there's been some weird ones out there. Uh, it's the new offici officiating points of emphasis around contact. That's what a lot of people are saying. Some of the players are saying it's the new ball. It doesn't feel right. Uh, some of the players are saying that they're tired after their second straight uh, compressed offseason. Some are even saying that it's because fans are back in the buildings as well. Whatever the reason is, the scoring has been off. 
And uh, let me see, last night, 8 out of 10 NBA games went under the total. And in fact, through two weeks now, here's where we're at for the season. 43 overs, 74 unders, one tie in the NBA. 63% of all games have gone under through the first two weeks of the season. Those are some of the reasons. Uh, Make sure that uh, until things straighten out a little bit, Maybe as we get a full four weeks of play, things will start going up a little bit. But for sure in the NBA, you want to take a look at uh, some of the really, really good uh, under teams thus far. And that would be teams like uh, uh, Brooklyn and Philadelphia, uh, both 1-7 and seven over under on the season, scoring down significantly for both. You know, James Harden's having his problems. And then there's a quartet of teams in the Western Conference that you want to be thinking low during this, these first few weeks of NBA play. And that would be the Nuggets, whose team scoring is down to 101 currently. Minnesota, the Golden State Warriors, still playing very good defense, allowing 101 point per game. And then the Houston Rockets as well as 1-6. and six. But those are your under teams you want to look at as we try to explain or at the very, very least profit from this low scoring in the first few weeks of the season. My first thought about that, Victor, at passing, uh, without really deliberating too deep into it, is that whatever happened last year happened in an uh, in, in a basketball season that was atypical because of the COVID, because of everything else. You mentioned some players complained about this compressed uh, season this year, the schedule of games this year as opposed to last year. So if that were the case, is it not the odds maker that has not caught on or uh, thinking along the same way, and they are maybe overinflating these lines a bit to start the basketball season, not even bringing that into consideration. Maybe not so much the style of play, but just the fact that uh, it isn't this year what it was last year, and there's a lot of reasons why it isn't this year what it was last year. Just my thought in passing here, I don't know if that's uh, uh, indifferent at all uh, to the way the odds makers think and post things, but it would serve everybody well to keep an eye on exactly how this pattern continues. And I'm sure in our next edition here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, Victor will update everybody to see whether or not that pattern does continue. We're talking now about the National Football League side of things. And uh, obviously the big news in the National Football League this week is Aaron Rodgers and his uh, catching COVID. Uh, And now the word coming out that he was not vaccinated and he tried to manipulate uh, the National Football League into believing that uh, his immune system could handle everything. He didn't, they didn't cater to him, but uh, he's now fallen prey to COVID. And it really, really moved the line in the Green Bay Packer football game dramatically. And deservedly so, because if I would say if there's, if there's any six-point quarterback in the league, it is Aaron Rodgers. Might be Kyler Murray, too, for Arizona, for what he is worth to that team. But on a talent level, it is Aaron Rodgers. And uh, so now the game has been adjusted. So it's next man up for the Green Bay Packers this week. We saw two of the next man up situations last week in the NFL when two quarterbacks made their NFL debut, starting for uh, backup starting for the starters who were out. And they fared really, really rather well. Cooper Rush for Dallas and Mike White for the New York Jets. Now it is Jordan Love's turn to see whether he can be that next man up for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, I think there's a lot of value personally with the Packers this particular week because of that situation and the fact that Kansas City is not a good football team at all. I mean, we're tired of running out of excuses for the Chiefs and uh, continually burning money and losing money. But my, my goodness, when you look at the box scores and the stats in their games, they are just not playing good football. They turn the ball over. They lead the league in turnovers, penalties. Patrick Mahomes has this look on his face like he's never been here before. He's playing like he's a rookie, a raw rookie. So I think bottom line here is there's a great deal of value to the Green Bay because of the situation that's at hand right now. And one other thing here, Victor, before I turn it back over to you, uh, speaking about the Green Bay Packers, Mike Maines, who writes our NFL previews and does a great job in the Playbook Football Preview Guide magazine, He's a great researcher and a really, really good handicapper. He called out the fact this week, and I found this to be interesting, that Matt LaFleur, the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, is now the winningest NFL coach in history with win percentage-wise. He's 35-9 with a .795 win percentage. That tops what used to be the best win percentage 
by, it was a guy named Guy Chamberlain uh, who coached the Canton Bulldogs back in 1922 to 1927 when Chamberlain went 58, 16, and 7 for a 784 win percentage. So tip of the hat to Matt LaFleur on the great job that he's done thus far with the Green Bay Packers and obviously with his right-hand cohort, Aaron Rodgers by his side, who will not be there this week. Any other final thoughts on the NFL football card, Victor, before we get into our college football game of the week? Well, you mentioned the Chiefs, and I did open the database while you were just talking there, and it doesn't get any worse than this. Over the last 12 months of play, since November of last season, including the playoffs, an NFL worst 3-15-1 against the spread for the Kansas City Chiefs. 13-6 13-6 and six straight up in those games, but we already know that the Chiefs, when they win, usually don't cover as well. But there you go. Over the last 12 months, 3-15-1 ATS, and that'll kind of take us right into our how did the dogs do last week in the NFL, and uh, they did pretty good. Uh, they were howling pretty loudly last week as NFL underdogs went 10-4-1 and against the spread. They now stand at 67 and 54 and 1 on the season ATS. The Road Dogs have done very well at 43, 29 and 1 ATS. And uh, here comes your top situation of the week and the teams that qualify. Uh, this has gone to 67% on the year, 18 and 9 against the spread. All non division Road Dogs of 10 or less points who are taking on winning opponents. That's greater than 500 opponents. These teams have gone 18-9 and ATS this week, and there are five of them going this week in that 67% situation. Those five teams being Denver, plus the points against Dallas, Minnesota against Baltimore. You just mentioned the Packers. They're one of those teams as well against the Chiefs. Tennessee plus the points against the Rams, the Sunday nighter, and the Bears on Monday night against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So again, a good week for the dogs. Over-unders were split out last week. Mark, 7-8 over-under overall. On the season, we're at 54 overs, 67 unders. That's right around 55% of all games that have gone under the total. Overall scoring still down compared to last year. 49.6 points per game last year in the NFL. We're down uh, to 47.0 for this season. So the scoring is down, but it's still been pretty good for the doggies overall. Doggies have barked pretty well thus far this year in the National Football League. Before we go to a quick break here, a quick rundown of the teams in the current NFL football playoff picture where the playoffs to begin this week. Number one seeds, Tennessee Titans and the Green Bay Packers. Number two seeds, the Las Vegas Raiders, that's a surprise, and the Arizona Cardinals. Number three, Baltimore Ravens, Dallas Cowboys. Coming in at number four, the Buffalo Bills and the Tampa Bay Bucks. At number five, the Cincinnati Bengals, who were number one last week, but that loss really dropped them down, along with the L.A. Rams. Number six, the Pittsburgh Steelers have climbed into the top seven playoff seeds, along with New Orleans out of the NFC side of the equation and the number seven seeds the seventh and final seeds would be the la chargers and the carolina panthers the teams that are just on the cusp looking outside looking in would be number eight new england and minnesota number nine kansas city and san francisco and number 10 cleveland and atlanta that's how the current playoff picture would look in the nfl should the playoffs begin this weekend don't go away guys when we come back Victor and I are going to tear down our college football game of the week, and we've got a beauty inside the Southeast Conference. We'll do that and do our NFL football game of the week when we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. The only football newsletter in America devoted exclusively to NFL over-under totals. The Totals Tip Sheet is a must-read if you're serious about adding extra income to your bankroll this football season. Get exclusive insight on the overs and unders from Victor King, the NFL Totals Guru, and enjoy the winners. You're listening to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Now, back to the action. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread on this week's College and Pro Football Cards. It's time for our college football game of the week, and we're going to hop inside the Southeast Conference where the Aggies of Texas A&M play host to Auburn in a key SEC West Division matchup. Victor, how do you see the Tigers and the Aggies shaking out this Saturday? 
Kyle Field, College Station, Texas, 3.30 Eastern. This, of course, is uh, CBS's big game of the day, and it's also the only college football game featuring two teams ranked in the top 25, Auburn at number 13 and the Aggies at number 14. Texas A&M right around a four to four and a half point favorite. The over-under line opened at 50, and it's come down to about 49 as we're recording the show on Thursday afternoon. The Tigers from Auburn, 4-4 four and four over under on the season. Average line, 56.4. Average score, 54.6. Their average game has gone under by 1.8 points. Texas A&M, 3-5 over under on the season. Average line, 51.6. Average score, only 45.7. So our first revealing stat is the fact that A&M games have gone under the total by minus 5.9 points per game this year. Uh, The breakdown for Auburn is revealing in itself as well, as Auburn has gone 3-1 to the over in their non-conference games. But in their four conference games, the Tigers have gone one and three over under. And in fact, those four conference games have gone under by a margin of minus 6.3 points per game. So that's kind of going to be revealing stat number two, why we are looking under in this particular game. The Tigers are a very good under team when they are catching points in games. They've gone 7-18 and 18 the last 25 times. They've been an underdog for Auburn. They've gone 2-9 uh, and nine in their last 11 conference games, dating to last year. Uh, for the Aggies, I know they were in that shootout against Alabama in which, what, 79 points were scored. But if we throw that game out, Aggie uh, conference games have only averaged 46.2 on the season. I will note the series has gone a perfect four and over the over in the last four, but uh, three of those four scores were right around uh, this week's number. 51 points scored in 2020, 48 total points were scored in 2019, 52 total points were scored in 2018. So uh, the last three years have been right around this week's number of 49 points as far as the Aggies go. They should be able to run the ball. I know that uh, you know Zach Calzada had that fantastic game against Alabama, but it appears that that was probably a mirage for the A&M quarterback. It's been a struggle through the air for him against uh, lackluster schools in Missouri and South Carolina since that Alabama game. Uh, with that said, the ground attack has gone off nicely for the Aggies with the Spiller hitting 100 or more yards in three of his last four games. Uh, the Auburn defense, uh, they might be playing effectively well, particularly in a pass defense. Lots of bending without a, a lot of breaking. But Georgia and Arkansas and Georgia State all hit 200 or more yards on the ground against the Tiger D. So that pretty much sets it up for A&M to control this game. Both teams thrive at a pressure defense. This has got the feel of one of those grinded-out type games, and we will be playing the under-49 with Auburn and A&M, and that's the Saturday, 3.30 Eastern. Victor goes under the 49 points for his side in the big SEC West showdown between Auburn and Texas A&M. Right now, as we look at the conference standings, we find Auburn sitting at 3-1 and one in their division, just a half game back of Alabama. Since he's taken over uh, as the head coaching job at at Auburn, uh, Harson Brian Harson has done a really nice job with his team, improving it, especially on the defensive side of the football. They've improved 48 yards per game overall from last year when it was Gus Malzahn's football team. They're ranked number 50 overall in the country. And they are now coming into this football game looking to win their third game in a row for the first time this season. Twice they've won back-to-back games, but they failed straight up into the spread trying to make it a trio or a hat trick of victories coming into this game. That's what they'll be trying to do in this contest. Texas A&M sits at 3-2 and two in the SEC West. Right now, uh, a full game back of Alabama. So the winner of this game is this high priority for both football teams, obviously. Uh, Texas A&M comes into this football game on a 3-0 and straight up and point spread run over their last three weeks. 
In fact, they held South Carolina to a season-low 185 yards in yardage last week. That's what you want to see from football teams this time of the year when the defense really begins to kick things in. My concern about the Aggies this week is the fact that a week of rest, I think, breaks momentum for teams that are doing good things. And right now it appears a and is, is doing just that, doing good things. But my goodness, you look inside their uh, their record in the history book, they are just 2-16 and 16 to the spread when coming off a bye week during the regular season. And they are 0-4 straight up and against the spread the last four times Auburn has invaded College Station to take on the Aggies. I'm going to be an Auburn in this football game for one key main reason other than what I just talked about, and it is the fact that Auburn controls their destiny in the Southeast Conference West. Texas A&M does not control their destiny. Texas A&M is going to need help to make it to the SEC championship game. Auburn does not. All Auburn has to do is knock down everybody that's in front of them. They take on Alabama in the title game or in the uh, season ending game. If they were to pull the rug on the tide, they will be in the SEC championship game. Like I say, A&M will need help to do just that. I like the dog that can control his own destiny. With that, I'll take the points with Auburn for my side in this big SEC showdown. And don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I, we're going to tear apart our NFL game of the week. We've got another division dandy on tap. And we'll hop out to Vegas to get the Vegas vibe from our good friend Andy Isco. When we're back with more here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. All new Playbucks tokens are here. Earn rewards and get up to $100 in free Playbucks tokens to use as you choose. And with your Playbucks tokens, you can use them for Playbook Experts picks and selections. Plus, you earn 20% in free bonus tokens when you do. If you haven't got your $100 in free Playbucks tokens, do so now. You're tuned into Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. And now, let's throw it back to Mark. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Once again, Mark Lawrence, along with Victor King, we go against the spread each and every week. It's time for our NFL football game of the week, and we invite you to saddle in and pay attention to our NFL football game of the week. We're going inside the NFC South division this week when the Atlanta Falcons travel to the Superdome to take on the New Orleans Saints. Victor, there's a lot of history inside this series between these two football teams. How do you see it shaking down between the Falcons and the Saints over under total-wise? Right, we're heading down to the Big Easy this weekend for the Saints and the Falcons. The over-under line opened at 45.5, and, and not surprisingly, it's come down considerably. There's a couple of 42s out there. There's even a couple of 41.5s. During our earlier NFL segment, Mark was talking about next man up, and that certainly applies to this particular game because when it comes to offense, neither team is going to be playing with a full deck. Uh, Jameis Winston, ACL, out for the year for the Saints. Trevor Simeon looked pretty good in backup duty in that uh, big win last week over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, We don't know at this time whether it's going to be Simeon starting at quarterback or Taysom Hill. I got the feeling it's going to be Taysom Hill. I've got some over-under numbers for him as a starter in just a second. Uh, One thing I will say is that uh, on the Atlanta side of the ball, this is a, a a tough offense. This is not the offense from their Super Bowl years. That is for sure. First off, Matt Ryan is throwing for a career low 6.7 yards per attempt. That's not surprising. He doesn't have either of his top two wide receivers from last year. Julio Jones was traded to Tennessee in the offseason. Calvin Ridley is taking time now off, and we hope he's doing well in terms of his mental issues. But it looks like Calvin Ridley is not going to be helping this Atlanta team very, very soon. He's taking time off. Uh, it was very surprising to see him as a late scratch just a couple of hours before last Sunday's game. But that is definitely the case for the Atlanta Falcons, now missing their top two wide receivers from last year and with a not good rushing game as well. One thing I don't like doing, Mark, is I, I don't like betting overs in NFL games when both teams are not at full strength. And that's Obviously, certainly the case here, and it's one of the reasons the over-under line has plummeted down to the 41.5 to 42 points. On the year, Atlanta 4-3 and three over-under, the Saints 3-4 and four over-under, both middle-of-the-road over-under teams. One thing I'll say about the series, it's always been low-scoring, regardless of who's at quarterback, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, whoever. Seven of the last eight meetings have gone under the total since the 2017 season. In fact, 
each of the last five meetings have gone under the total. Average line, 51.4. Average score, only 39.4. The sample size is small. I'll agree with you there. However, the margin is significant. The average margin between these two teams, minus 12.0 points per game. Uh, There's a rushing angle that points to a low-scoring game here where I've been playing around a little bit more in the rushing aspects of our database. And in fact, we got a really good angle in our over the week. We'll talk about that later. But we've got uh, two teams here that have difficulty rushing the ball. I mentioned this two weeks ago in the totals tip sheet, and it pointed at the Carolina-Atlanta game to go under the total last week, and it did by 15 points. There's an angle in this game that also applies that says to go under. And we're basically talking about division games when both teams have bad rushing stats, like both of these two teams. Atlanta, what, 3.7 yards per rush. The Saints, somewhere around 3.9 to 4.0 yards per rush on the season. The query is this in the database, and it's gone 113 and 1 since the uh, 2014 season. NFL, division games, second half of the season, that's game eight or greater. Home team, favored by a touchdown or less, that's seven or less points, that would be the Saints. When both teams rush for less than 4.0 yards per carry, these games have gone one over, 13 unders. Basically says that both teams will have a little little bit difficulty running the ball, maybe they're one-dimensional, the game stays under the total. One thing interesting about the Saints is, you know, they were a really big home dog last week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and now they're all of a sudden a big home favorite one week later. Uh, The major line swing is also a nice indicator that we're going to see a low-scoring outcome. This has gone 1-12-1 over under since 2012. Any NFL home favorite of four or greater who was a home dog of four or greater the previous week. That applies to the Saints. Um, again, it's gone 1-12-1 over-under over the last nine seasons. One more thing I'm going to say in regards to this game. We're going to be uh, betting the under, that's for sure. In Taysom Hill's four starts as a starting quarterback in the NFL, uh, last season he started four games. He went 1-3 over-under in those games. The only game that did go over did so by only one point. The average margin in Taysom Hill's career starts minus 6.6 points per game. Uh, Now you know which way we're going. This is definitely the next man up game, and we're still going under with the Saints playing the Falcons. Another under call for Victor in the Atlanta Falcons-New Orleans Saints football game as he stays under the total in this big NFC South Division matchup. Atlanta comes into this football game at 500 to 1 odds right now as we currently speak. That's at the Superbook in Las Vegas to win the Super Bowl. New Orleans comes into this football game at 25 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl. That's a big, vast gap of a difference between two football teams that I don't see that much of a difference in personally. You're coming into this game here, Atlanta, in a series that had been mostly in the past dominated by the dog and the visiting team. It watered down a little bit, but of late, the past six games, the visiting team has gone four and two straight up and against the spread. For Atlanta, Victor mentions that some key wide receivers are out, but they do have Kyle Pitts on the field, and he will be the best player on the field in this football game come Sunday between these two teams. I think it, whether if it's, if it's Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill, Matt Ryan is still the better quarterback in this match of a quarterbacks coming in here, and you've got a better quarterback taking points in a football game. One nice, neat stat for Atlanta is when they do trip up as a favorite in their last football game at home and they take out as a road dog against a team that just pulled an upset, they're 5-1 and one to the spread, the Atlanta Falcons are, in this particular role to even things out. New Orleans comes in here after beating the defending Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Bucks. That's uh, really, really letdowns for most teams when they do just that, when you upset the defending Super Bowl champion. And in fact, I'll share these numbers with you. Teams who do that when they take on a division opponent the next game, 
They're just 26 and 36 straight up and 24, 37 and 1. That's the role that New Orleans dresses up in this particular game. For what it's worth, New Orleans was out yarded 60 yards in that win over Tampa Bay, sort of a, uh, an unimpressive win, at least statistically, in that contest here. If it's Trevor Simeon, he's gone up 11 times against division opponents as a starter in the NFL. He's won and covered only four of those football games. I'm going to Atlanta in this football game for one key main reason here. It's one of my best angles out of our database, and it has to do with the fact that New Orleans has taken Atlanta out three consecutive meetings in a row. When you find division matchups of road dogs that have taken three exact losses in a row against their division opponent, these teams are 19-10 and 10 against the spread. But even better, when that opponent comes in off a straight-up underdog win, as New Orleans does, that 19-10 and 10 improves to 10-1 and 1 to the number to the spread favoring the Atlanta Falcons. With that, I'll grab the points with the Falcons from my side in this football game on Sunday. And with that, it's time to hop out to Las Vegas for one of our favorite segments on the show as we visit in with our good friend Andy Isco, joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Andy, I know there's a lot going on in Vegas this particular weekend, not only with all the sports that are going on, but Breeders' Cup is here as well. So there's a lot of horse players in town in there for Breeders' Cup as well. So I know it's going to be hectic this weekend. I hope you'll find time to make a reservation at a restaurant because they may be booked up. Well, Mark, that's a good suggestion because I'm not one who cooks, so I pretty much have to rely on the surrounding restaurants. It's good for the economy, not necessarily good for my wallet as it's more expensive to eat out, but I enjoy it. I don't mind doing it, and there are plenty of good alternatives, whether you're on the Strip or off Strip, such as uh, I am down here in Henderson. So I'm looking forward to an exciting weekend, and of course, the old begins the new. Baseball season ends, college basketball about to begin next Tuesday, NBA, NHL in full swing right now, and of course, college and pro football in the midseason points, and a lot of uh, good football has been played, a lot of good football still to be played. Unfortunately, a lot of the injuries, whether it be uh, or absences due to COVID in the case of Aaron Rodgers or season-ending injuries, as in the case of, say, for example, James Winston. I know you were talking about uh, Trevor Simeon uh, and, the, and the Saints just a short moment ago. Uh, it's unfortunate. It's part of the game, and uh, we as handicappers and betters have to deal with it. And some off-field issues that uh, I'll also talk about in a few moments. You know, Andy, that brings up a, a quick point I want to make with you here about uh, with COVID being what it is today, uh, and not only just COVID, but uh, other situations where it involves perhaps player suspensions or injuries or whatnot. Uh, are you seeing games being uh, bet less frequently early in the week and waiting till later to find out the status of players just like this, to find out whether or not they play? You know, you can make a big play. And I've oftentimes, like you have, gone out and taken positions on Sunday night when the opening numbers come out. And there was a game about two or three weeks ago. You know, I was caught on the wrong side of the number by four points because of a move and had to live with it because you can't get off of games like that. Uh, are you seeing uh, maybe less action early when these lines come out as opposed to what it was in the past? I, you know, I, I can't necessarily say that it is the case because we don't know the sources of the money. And we've seen, for example, uh, more and more recently with all the options and opportunities, we've seen some of the bigger syndicates, some of the bigger individual bidders take a position early because they have every intention of coming back the other way and perhaps creating two, two and a half, three point middles, knowing which way the public is going to bet on certain teams. You might say, for example, they take a position early on a team like Kansas City for quite a while, knowing that the public is going to beat Kansas City, despite the fact that they've been money losers for them, and then come back later in the week. At the same time, there are also those who will wait until later in the week till there's more, uh, more, uh, Clarity as far as information goes. Perfect example, last week's situation with Dallas and Minnesota. You know, early in the week, Dallas was expected to have Dak Prescott. The Cowboys were basically one-and-a-half-point road favorites at Minnesota. And as it became apparent later in the week and even up till game time that he wasn't going to play, we saw Minnesota not just become the favorite, but actually, at a number of books, they closed as four-point home favorites. We're seeing it this week in the game between Kansas City and Green Bay. We didn't hear the news about Aaron Rodgers until I think it was either late Tuesday or early Wednesday, and that caused the game, which had been close to a pick'em. You could have Kansas City, Green Bay, either side favored by one on Sunday and Monday, or even a pick'em. Now, all of a sudden, we know uh, we know he's going to be out, uh, and it's possible he'll be out next week, uh, Rodgers. And so we've seen Kansas City now, despite uh, 
didn't deliberately use that as an example in my previous comments, but and now it's interesting enough, despite the fact that they've had difficulty covering spreads and in many instances even winning games this year, uh, they're now a seven, seven and a half point favorite. So I think to answer your question, probably overall there is a delay in waiting, but I think most of it, uh, most of the early action is still for people who are trying to set things up for moves later in the week, especially when it involves anticipated moves across key numbers. So perhaps a little bit of hesitancy in that regard to making big moves by some of the major sharps in Las Vegas because of situations just as we're talking Aaron Rodgers at all. We're visiting with Dan Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas, publisher of one of the finest football newsletters in the country. And I've encouraged our listeners out there to do yourself a favor, log on at TheLogicalApproach.com and sign up for the newsletter weekly from here through the Super Bowl. It'll be one of the best moves you make, I can guarantee that. Visit TheLogicalApproach.com. And with that, Andy, I know there's a lot going on in the big contests in Las Vegas. They seem to be humming along. And with that, if you can give our listeners an update of the overview of what's happened in the two big contests at the Superbook and also the Circuit. Sure. And of course, uh, this being week nine, it will be the uh, uh, the halfway point of the season in, uh, in many respects. Of course, it's a 17-game schedule this year, played over 18 weeks. So uh, the uh, first nine weeks will come to a conclusion uh, this coming Monday night. Looking at the classic super contest, that's the original one, lowered the fee this year for entry to uh, 15, from 1,500 to 1,000, eliminated the uh, 8% administrative fee, and they uh, drew about a shade under 2,000 entries, a significant increase. Uh, from uh, last year, not quite near the high of uh, 2019. Uh, going into last week, the consensus of the top five selections, 19, 15, and 1. However, this week, the top uh, plays, top five plays uh, had a losing week, 2 and 3. The top play, Minnesota over the Cowboys and Indianapolis over Tennessee, which was the second most popular selection. Both of those lost, as did the fourth uh, most popular selection, the Detroit Lions taking points at home against Philadelphia. The two consensus winners last week were the New England Patriots, uh, as they uh, pulled the upset at uh, Los Angeles over the Chargers, and the Buffalo Bills, who managed to uh, squeak past Miami as far as the point spread goes, laying 14.5 and, and winning by 15, and uh, that resulted in a 2-3 and three week. So for the season, the consensus now 21 18 and 1 for the Super Contest Classic. The Super Contest Gold, that is the winner take all contest, $5,000 entry fee, total of 87 entrants, so that's $437,000 going to a one contestant. There was a tie a few weeks ago for the fifth most popular selection, so as a result, coming into this past week, instead of 35, there were 36 consensus plays. They stood at 19, 15, and 2, and this week, there were three winners and two losers amongst the top five plays. The top two plays were the two losers, Minnesota and Indianapolis, again, the top two plays as in the Classic. Uh, the other three plays were winners. Two of them were different plays than in the uh, than in the Super Contest Classic. New England, a uh, a winner in the, that game against the Chargers. That was the common consensus play. The New Orleans Saints with their win over uh, Tampa Bay, outright win, and Denver, uh, they're covering a home win as a small favorite against uh, Washington, three and two. So the consensus now 22, 17, and two for the contestants uh, in the uh, Super Contest Gold. Looking at the lead in the uh, Super Contest Classic. There's one leader at 29, 10, and 1. Uh, that's a, a shade under 75% if you include the fact that you count the tie as a half win, half loss. So it's 29 and a half out of a possible uh, 40 points. Uh, it's a half point lead for that contestant over two others who are at 29. One more contestant is at 28 and a half. And then we start to see a bit of bunching up in the field. They're at 10 at 28, eight more at 27 and a half, 14 at 27, 16 at uh, 26 and a half, and then you've got 27 at 26 and 33 at 25 and a half, which is still uh, nicely above uh, 60%. 24 and 16, 24 out of 40 would be exactly 16%, and I've only gone back as uh, 25 and a half points, which already puts us over 100 contestants. Super Contest Gold, the leader is at 27, 12 and 1. That's 27 and a half out of 40 points. Good enough for a one-point lead over two contestants. Another contestant is a half point further back. 
One more contestant, half point back at 25 and a half, followed by three at 25, two at 24 and a half, and one exactly at 24 points, which is 60%. So that works out to 11 contestants out of the 87 hitting at 60% or more in the Super Contest Gold. Turning to the Circa Sports Million and Circa Survivor, I'll go with the Circa Survivor first. Entering the season, there were 4,080 entries. Uh, That uh, field was culled in half nearly through the first seven weeks, leaving 2,131 contestants still alive uh, last week. Uh, However, nearly half of that field got eliminated, uh, largely due to uh, their, their preference for the Cincinnati Bengals. 871 of the 21-31 lost with the Bengals, who were upset by the Jets. That was the most frequently chosen team. Behind that, at 7:34, the Chiefs held on, or actually were able to break that tie with that late win against uh, the Giants Monday night. The Rams had 2:08, the Bills also 2:06. So those three teams all covered. My choice last week, and I had it down between the Bengals. Uh, no, I'm sorry, I did not have the Bengals because I had used them earlier. I had them down between the Bills, the Chargers, and the Chiefs. I went with the Chargers, as did 37 others. So 38 of us were eliminated by the Chargers losing to New England. Seahawks were the next popular choice. That one won. And then the other contestants were eliminated. 13 were eliminated with Atlanta's loss to Carolina. Six with the Thursday night Arizona loss to Green Bay. Three with Cleveland's loss to Pittsburgh. Two lost with the Tampa Bay Bucks, who fell to New Orleans. Minnesota, two contestants had them. They lost to the Cowboys. One was eliminated with the uh, Washington football team losing at Denver. And again, we had seven contestants this week who did not submit a selection. So 943 eliminated last week. 1,188 remain with 12 weeks remaining in the contest. I say 12 uh, because uh, there are There are 10 regular season weeks remaining, but also Thanksgiving Day. Those three games comprise a single week, as do the three games to be played December 23rd and the two, one on December 23rd and two on Christmas Day, the 25th, counts as a separate week as well. Uh, Looking at the uh, Circa Million, that's the um, contest patterned after the Westgate uh, Classic and Gold. That one also has a $1,000 entry fee. You pick five games a week. The consensus, which had been 23 and 12 heading into last week, uh, struggled last week, going one and four. The uh, the number one selection, the Vikings, was a loser to the Cowboys. Number two, the Bengals, an outright loser at the Jets. The third most popular uh, selection, an underdog that uh, was at home and uh, lost and failed to cover against the Eagles. That was Detroit. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts, a very popular selection as well. Uh, they uh, fell to the uh, uh, Tennessee Titans in the role of a favorite, so they lost and didn't cover. Uh, and uh, finally, the one winner was actually the fifth most popular selection, Chosen also by about half the by excuse me by about a quarter of the field a little over a thousand contestants took the Patriots plus the five against the Chargers Patriots didn't need the points they won outright so one and four brings the consensus record to the for the season to 24 and 16 that's exactly 60 percent the one leader of the contest 77.5 percent 31 and nine that's 31 of a possible 40 points good enough for a, a, a a uh, half-point lead over another contestant, two more, another uh, half-point back at 30, four more at 29 and a half, nine at 29, and then we start getting into double digits, going down by half-point increments, beginning with 28. No one at 28 and a half, but uh, 28, 13, 27 and a half, there are 20, 27, there are 28, and then there are 44 at 26 and a half, and then it becomes very, very crowded with uh, uh, nearly uh, 100 contestants tied for the next most uh, next paying spot. So uh, that's a look at the uh, the two major contests or the two major properties with major contests, each of them uh, presenting two contests this season. Andy Isco with a rundown of exactly what's going on at the Superbook and the Circa for the two major contests in Las Vegas. And Andy, if you do the honors... And share with our listeners the look-ahead lines that were posted by Jay Cornegay and the Westgate last week for the upcoming football games next week. Right. These are lines, sides, and totals that can actually be bet right now. They're not look-ahead lines as much as they are, again, bettable lines that 
may change and probably will in a number of them once this weekend's results are in. So uh, the uh, let me mention the Bears, Bengals, Texans, and Giants are off uh, next week. Uh, looking at the game next Thursday night, uh, November 11th, it'll be Baltimore laying 6.5 at Miami with a total of 48. Then on Sunday, November uh, 14th, Indianapolis, a 10-point home favorite against Jacksonville in a divisional game, total of 48. The New England Patriots, favored at home by three over the Cleveland Browns, total is 44.5 in that game. Dallas, favored by 9.5 at home against Atlanta, total of 50.5. Buffalo is in the Meadowlands to play the New York Jets. The Bills, 13.5-point road favorites with a total of 48.5. Intriguing interconference matchup, the Tennessee Titans, 2.5-point home favorites over New Orleans with a total of 44.5. Rematch of last year's wildcard game, Tampa Bay will be at Washington. The Washington football team gave Tampa a tough test in last year's playoffs before falling. Uh, Tampa Bay, a 7.5-point road favorite with a total of of 51. Uh, Detroit will be at Pittsburgh. The Steelers 10-point home favorites over the Lions with a total of 44. Minnesota at the Chargers. The Chargers favored by three. Total of 50 and a half. Carolina at Arizona. No line on this game. and I believe that was due to the early week uncertainty that still remains uncertain about Kyler Murray, the Arizona quarterback, who the last I saw was going to be a game-time decision, much along the lines of uh, uh, Dak Prescott for Dallas this past Sunday night. Seattle at Green Bay. Now, this game, I believe, is off the boards. Uh, I'm almost certain. But before the news came out about Aaron Rodgers, which came out probably within hours of these lines being uh, released on this past Tuesday, Green Bay was a five-point home favorite with a total of 49.5 against Seattle. Philadelphia at Denver. The Broncos, one-and-a-half-point home favorites with a total of 44.5. Kansas City at the Raiders in a uh, key AFC West game, Kansas City, a three-point road favorite, total 53-and-a-half. And Monday, November 15th, a key battle in the NFC West, the Rams, three-point road favorites at San Francisco with a total of 47. Andy Isco with the early, if you would, early lines that you can bet on in Las Vegas for next week's NFL football games. If you were charting those, see exactly what happens between now and next week to find out where the moves were made and why. Andy, before I let you go, I know our listeners would love to know what you're looking at for your top complimentary play. Andy's cash five of the seven plays over the past seven weeks. Andy, what have you got on tap for this week? Well, there were a number of games that I was considering. It's To me, it's not the most attractive week, but there are a lot of very intriguing matchups. I was looking at the Cleveland-Cincinnati game, uh, looking uh, with uh, uh, the uncertainty surrounding Cleveland. Seems to be some issues there. Actually, that's not a bad one to go with now because Cincinnati is down to a two-and-a-half-point home favorite. But again, I'm just a little concerned about uh, Cincinnati's ability in that role, so I'm not sold on that one yet. But I'm going to go with another game involving off-field activities and that's the game involving our local team, uh, the Raiders. They are three-point road favorites at the New York Giants. Giants on a short week, and they are catching the Raiders off their bye week. Giants played well and nearly could have beaten, perhaps should have beaten Kansas City on Monday night, but this is as much a play on the Giants as it is a play against the Raiders with the tragic situation that occurred the other day here in Las Vegas with Henry Ruggs III, the talented wide receiver in a deadly crash uh, going 156 miles per hour uh, not too far from the strip ultimately resulting in the death of the uh, driver of the car that was that he hit he ultimately was uh, released by the Raiders uh, will face uh, the full extent of the law and that is a has to be a major distraction and we've already seen the Raiders face Obviously not quite as significant a distraction because it only involved the allegations uh, surrounding uh, Coach John Gruden, who ultimately was was uh, uh, let go or resigned. And we saw the Raiders, who hosted Chicago the following week, put in a, a very listless performance as a small favorite. They lost at home to the Chicago Bears. Now they're going on the road, really having to deal with a situation that nobody expected. Uh, you know, aside from the tragedy, Take a, take a look at what the uh, 
Raiders had to do during their off week in preparing uh, for this game against the Giants. Ruggs clearly going to be a significant part of the Raiders offense. That's no more. There are a couple of backup receivers who are now going to be thrust into prominent roles, but you have to believe that with the events hanging so heavily over the entire organization has to affect the players in a situation, I'm not going to say similar because this is much more serious, but we've already seen the Raiders not being able to handle distractions and that was in a game at home. Now they're on the road across the country taking on a Giants team that has shown better play through the recent weeks. They had a nice win, a convincing win over Carolina two weeks ago. They had that very good effort in Kansas City. Uh, Daniel Jones starting to be a little bit more comfortable. They may get some of the injured players back that they've been at without the last week or two. Uh, this is going to be a play, not just plus the three for me, but also the Giants on the money line to pull what may not end up being uh, a surprising upset given the circumstances. The tragedy, the unspeakable tragedy, uh, unfathomable tragedy, sure, weighs heavily on everybody, but when it gets down to the impact on the football game, it has to be a negative and uh, certainly understandable. Sometimes the thought is, well, you try to... You, Playing football is the best thing to get to do to get to get away from a distracting situation, but not this type of distraction. Andy Isco taking advantage of the emotions along with the handicap involved in the game. Puts himself on the New York Giants and he takes the three points for his play on this week's NFL football card. Andy, as always, a great job on the show once again this week. I'm going to wish you the very best of luck, not only with your football games, but also making that restaurant reservation this weekend. Oh, thanks, Mark. By the way, I, I, I wouldn't want to say taking advantage of the situation, but realizing that it is a situation that does have an impact, and when it presents itself, uh, sometimes it's bigger than some of the other things that we go through on a day-to-day basis in handicapping. And yeah, trying to be a little bit of a psychologist, but also putting myself in the position of situations that uh, not necessarily that magnitude of a tragedy, but when you're distracted from things, you're unable to maintain focus over a period of time. And so I uh, I, I, I don't like to use the word advantage in this situation. I'm sure you can understand that, but I, I wish you and all the readers success, uh, uh, the listeners success. Have a great weekend, and we'll check back next week and see where things stand uh, nine weeks into the 18-week season. That was Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, we're going to wrap it up with our awesome angle of the week. Victor and I will share with you our complimentary plays as well when we're back with more here on the final segment of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. If you haven't seen Andy Isco's The Logical Approach Football Newsletter, then you owe it to yourself to download this week's newsletter in time for the football games this week. Check out the new issue every week at TheLogicalApproach.com. See what winning football information is all about at TheLogicalApproach.com. We're going against the spread with Mark Lawrence after this. Attention sports fans, it's time to get in on all the football action at mybookie.ag. This industry-leading website is renowned for having the best odds and more betting options than any other sports book online. Get the odds you want and the fast payouts you need, guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in Games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest. Only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. To put a final spin on this week's show, let's do what Mark does best, his awesome, awesome angle of the week. Okay, guys, let's get to it, our awesome angle of the week. This is an oldie but goodie, and I say oldie but goodie because we rely on it because it's very good. And what we're looking to do in college football, our angle is called Lean on Me. It's one of our plays from our Black Book Super Systems, and what we're doing this week is playing on any college football 17 or more returning starter underdogs who has revenge and is coming off back-to-back point spread losses if they're taking on an opponent that's coming off back-to-back defeats. So you got a 17 returning starter dog who's lost the money two games in a row. He has revenge, and he's facing an opponent that's limping in off a pair of losses. We've done this since 1990 because these teams are 30 and 5 I said 30 and 5 against the spread. That's 86% on our Lean On Me dog this week. With that, we'll be playing on Wyoming as a home dog against Colorado State for our awesome angle play on the card this week. And with that, let's hand it over to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out what he's got on tap from his Red Hot Totals Tip Sheet newsletter and what he's got on tap for our listeners here this week as well. 
You got it, Mark. Let's not forget all three newsletters. Playbook newsletter, six and one last week. Total's tip sheet, midweek alert just came out today. All three, of course, available at uh, playbooksports.com. And we've got uh, our lineup already on the website as well, Mark. Three college football over-unders on Saturday. That's already up on the website, as is our Sunday four-star over of the week in the NFL. Again, last week it was a nice over-winner in the Colts-Titans game. And uh, very confident about this week's four-star over as well. As I mentioned a little earlier in the podcast, it's based on some uh, very interesting uh, numbers from our, the rushing portion of our database. And uh, we're pretty sure we're going to see a shootout in this particular game. For our free play this week, we're going to go to a under-the-radar game and actually go over the total. And it's going to be in this week's uh, non-conference affair between the New England Patriots and the Carolina Panthers. Now, I'll, I'll first tell you that I, I, we're aware that uh, it looks like P.J. Walker is going to be getting the start at quarterback for the Panthers in this game. No Sam Darnold, probably. And you know what? That's okay by me. That's okay by me because do you know who's back this week? CMC is back. That's our boy Christian McCaffrey who makes things happen big time for the Carolina Panthers, and he will be back for this particular game. The game opened at around 43.5, and, a half, and hey, I'll be honest, it's been bet down to 41. There's a couple of 41s and a half. Let 41 be your target line. That, that's the line we want to play this game over at. Uh, if you have not been paying attention lately, the Patriots have found themselves in offense in the last month of play. From game nine of last year to game four of this year, the Patriots went one and ten over under. But with that said, they've actually reeled off four consecutive overs in a row now. That's the Patriots averaging a very impressive 38.8 points per game on offense and allowing 23.5 points per game on defense. And on the flip side, we're going to be playing the Panthers in one of their best over situations. Carolina has gone 25-8 and over under as non-division underdogs in the last eight years. And that includes 16-2 and whenever they're dogs of less than six points. Uh, the database querying starts with a look at the recent resurgence of the New England offense. And we've got non-division road teams who scored 25 or more points in each of their last four games. They've gone 16-3-1 over-under in the last four years when the over-under line is 56 or less points. Uh, I also ran a query for non-conference games in which the over-under is extremely low, like this particular game. And the results, again, do look very good for over-betters. And with a fairly large sample size to boot, 44-17 and 17 over under since 2010. Game 14 or less, NFC home teams versus an AFC opponent when the over-under line is less than 42 points. And uh, we're certainly very, very aware that Carolina is off a uh, win last week in which they scored 19 and allowed only 13 against Atlanta, but that actually puts them in very good company. Uh, we've got NFL teams off a road dog win in which they scored less than 20 points, like Carolina, have gone 43-14 and 14 since 2013. The results improved to 11-1 and over-under in the last four years when the over-under line is less than 47 points. So with that said, we're playing over in this particular game. We like the way New England's offense is playing. Uh, getting CMC back in the lineup has got to do great things for the Panthers as well. Let your target line be 41 as we play the Panthers and Patriots over the total. That's Victor going over the total in the Carolina Panther New England football game. And do yourself a favor, get over on your man this weekend with Victor's red hot hand on his King Creole Sports service. Check it out online at playbooksports.com. And while you're there, be sure to download a copy of his Playbook Totals tip sheet for this week. Before I get to my complimentary play, I want to remind our listeners out there that our friends at mybookie.ag are once again offering a double your first deposit bonus. All you need to do is log on at mybookie.ag, use the promo code PLAYBOOK, 
and you'll be eligible for your double your first deposit bonus. That's mybookie.ag to get your double first deposit bonus. Do it this weekend. I've got a big weekend on tap myself this particular weekend. It starts our 10-star November to remember. This is always a special time of the year for our football games and tap for myself and our customers. It will feature every NFL college football play I make through November, my 10-star college football game of the year, five-star NFL game of the month, five-star college football game of the month, and this week, our NFL perfect system play of the year. You can go online, log on at playbooksports.com for that, or if you want to join us just for the weekend for the perfect system play of the year, $79 weekend of winners, do it now online at playbooksports.com. My complimentary play on the football card this week, we're going to join the Navy this week. We're going to be on a military Navy midshipman football team as they take 21 points from the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. We've talked before many times in the show about the success of military teams when they're taking 20 or more points in a football game. It doesn't seem to matter. They don't care who they're playing. 20 points is a lot of points to lay to a disciplined team out of the military like Navy or any of the other schools. They, on the blind, these military teams, when they take just those points just like that, have been absolutely terrific. Navy themselves taking 20 or more points is 10 and 1 to the spread as a dog. They're going to catch Notre Dame, the number 10 team in the current college football playoff rankings. The Irish are just 3 and 12 to the spread the last 15 times they've hosted Navy coming to this football game, which means they oftentimes play down to their level. I'm going to grab out the points with Navy for my side in the football game. And just a quick note here, guys, that we I did a Breeders' Cup podcast or video cast, if you will. You can check out the Breeders' Cup for Saturday. We feature four Breeders' Cup races with John Hardoon, world-renowned horse racing handicapper from the Regas and Sheets, myself and Greg DePalma. You can check it out online Saturday at playbooksports.com or log on to youtube.com and check out the podcast with myself, Mark Lawrence, Greg DePalma, and John Hardoon. You'll pick up a lot of good, valuable information on the Breeders' Cup. And that's going to put the final wraps in this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creel Sports, our good friend Andy Isco joining us from Las Vegas as he gives us always the Vegas vibe each and every week. And until next week, once again, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always to remember to bet with your head, not over it. And good luck as always.